Good evening. We will call this city council meeting to order for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good evening, everybody. Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a happy New Year and has a great 2024. We'll go ahead and start with the clerk taking the roll. Council members Fleming? Here. Larson? Here. Masolia? Here. Newland? Here. Robertson? Here. Soraya? Here. Mayor Sanders? Here. All right. Uh, we'll get started on the agenda with agenda item number four. And tonight we have a lot of housekeeping, uh, with it being kind of the first organizational meeting of the year. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with agenda item 4.1, and I will turn things over to the city manager. Thank you, Mayor. Um, item 4.1 is the mission statement affirming council staff and responsibilities as outlined in the agenda item in the packet. This is something that has been adopted annually at the first meeting for many, many years, originally few decades ago, outlining the council staff relationship primarily, a working relationship, and has incorporated an updated mission statement that was approved by council as part of the strategic planning process back in 2019-2020. Thank you for that. Members in motion, please, on 4.1. So moved. moved by council member Robertson. Second. Second by council member Masili. Any questions or discussion on 4.1? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of agenda item 4.1, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Moving along, next order of business is 4.2, Rules of Procedure and Quorum, and we'll turn things over to the city clerk. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, before you is the annual adoption of the Rules of Procedure and Quorum, Orders of Business. Um, as you recall, um, these were revised in October. Um, as part of resolution 23-140. Um, staff at this time is recommending no changes to the order of business. Um, one thing that we did want to note just for clarity for um, documents is that um, if possible, uh, utilizing chamber mics during voting will really help ensure um, uh, accurate uh, documentation of voting for the record. So with that, we'll stand for any questions. Thank you very much. Members in motion, please. I'll move it. Moved by Councilmember Masilia, second by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions? Mayor. Councilmember Newland. We talked about this topic at length last year, and what we ended up with was somewhat of a hybrid in our changed policies and procedures. I'm not um, big on how we ended up, where we ended up. I think that the recommendations that the city manager, the city attorney, and the city clerk brought forward, which were not dismissed necessarily, but weren't attended uh, to as much as I would have liked. Um, don't lead me to want to support this. I don't want to start the year off on a on voting no, but I may well do that. I'd, I'd rather go back to what the um, staff and the attorney recommended for us, but we've only tr uh, operated under these policies and procedures for about three months or so, and if the intent is to continue on with it, uh, for the rest of the year, um, I'm still not thrilled with it, but I will likely vote no. Thank you. Any other questions or discussion? 
Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of 4.2, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. That motion prevails. Next item on the agenda is 4.3, designating official newspapers for 2024. We'll go back to the city clerk. Mayor and Council, uh, annually councils need to designate a uh, newspaper for as its official newspaper. Um, we, in the past uh, uh, three years, have asked Council to designate both the Blaine Spring Lake Park um, Fridley Life as well as the Star Tribune to make sure that we meet all um, possible publication deadlines for public hearing notices and the like. So with that, we recommend that action. I'll stand for questions. Thank you very much. Members of motion, please, on 4.3. Move it. Moved by Council Member Newland, second by Council Member Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Next item up is agenda item 4.4. Turn things again over to the city clerk. Mayor and Council, uh, annually, um, uh, Council is asked to designate a uh, recording um, secretary for uh, meeting minutes for council, uh, EDA, and uh, the same is used for boards and commissions. Um, we have used Minute Maker Secretarial for um, many years, and um, their agreement here is attached, and uh, staff recommends approval. Thank you very much, Kathy. With that, members, a motion, please. Move it. Moved by Council Member Newland. Second. Second by Council Member Solia. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Agenda item 4.5, City Clerk. Mayor and Council, before you is the annual appointment of liaisons to various boards and commissions. The 2023 appointment slate is attached, and uh, Council is asked to uh, make a motion for 2024. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Kathy. Uh, I will go ahead and make a motion uh, to adopt that with the amendment of uh, adding Council Member Fleming to the Twin Cities Gateway liaison appointment, and that would be my motion. Can I have a second, please? Second. Second by Council Member Newland. Any questions or discussion? Council Member Soroya. Thank you, Mayor. Um, so I just want to note that two council members have not been appointed to any of the boards and commissions. I mentioned this um, on January 4, 2023, when this was brought to the meeting last year, and I was told that, quote, new council members typically wait a year to be appointed to various boards and commissions. And so it has been a year, and I'm still have not been appointed to any boards and commissions, and this feels very retaliatory to me. So I'm very concerned that um, we are excluding some council members from being on boards and commissions while adding others. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Motion prevails. Next item on the agenda is agenda item 4.6, adoption of the official uh, city of Blaine flag, and we will turn things over to our communications manager. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Tonight before you is uh, continuing to do official city business at the beginning of the year. In 2022, the city uh, went through a process to update the city flag. Uh, the city flag then began flying at all city buildings at the uh, near the end of 2022. Uh, it has been a year since that process since that took place. It was determined at that time to revisit that after a year, uh, and to uh, as the city staff has received only positive comments from the community about the new city flag. Uh, it is before you tonight for adoption as the official city flag of the city of Blaine. Again, this flag. Uh, 
replace the flag that had be, uh, was designed in uh, 2008, which had replaced a previous flag that had been designed many years before that. So this is not the first time that the city has had an update to the city flag. Uh, I know flags have been in the news a lot lately, but this one started long before any of those discussions. Happy to answer any questions. Uh, thank you, uh, Ben. Appreciate that presentation. Members of motion, please. Moved by Council Member Fleming. Second. Second by Council Member Larson. Any questions or discussion? Council Member Robertson. Just a, a brief comment. I agree with you. I think we're on flag like overdrive here. I don't want to cause any additional commotion about this in particular flag. I guess my only comment would just be in the future, to me, it just seems a little backwards to integrate a new design into city business without it first going through council. So in the future, if there are processes or reviews of the flag done, that's what's in the staff report, unless I'm wrong. That's what it says in here, that it's been integrated to city business. So now this council should adopt it. I just would appreciate, I think, a more engaged process. I know this was a point of contention for one of our former council members, so I'm not taking up the mantle, so to speak, on this issue because it is not for me. But I did want to at least uh, acknowledge that, that not all of our residents had positive comments about it. So that's my only comment. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Councilmember Newland. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I guess I agree with uh, my colleagues' comments. Moreover, and I brought this up with the city clerk earlier today, does the city really need an official flag? I think the state of Minnesota has taken official everything to excess with a blueberry muffin and uh, the fish and you know whatever. The, the flag discussion has certainly been um, a, a source of consternation. I don't particularly care. I think that if anything, if we're gonna use a flag at City Hall, it should be the American flag. I don't know that we need a whole lot more than that. I know in, uh, in other, I mean, it does, every city doesn't need its own flag. I don't know that we need our own flag. So I wouldn't mind not having an official flag. I think flying whatever the communications director would like for consistency is certainly fine. But I guess I would question whether we really need an official flag. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, Council Member Fleming renews her motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. All right, moving along in the agenda to communications, which is an opportunity for members and staff to provide any uh, updates or <laughs> announcements. Uh, I will get started uh, this evening with... Um, a, I guess a recognition of Heidi Arnson, who has been with North Metro TV now for going on 37 years, uh, and she's retiring the last 24 of those years. Uh, she was the uh, executive director of North Metro TV. Uh, in her time, she has completely transformed uh, North Metro TV from just a, a cable access station into a full-blown community television station. Um, so, you know, because of that, we're able to see all the local sports and news, election programming, educational programming, uh, and more. So um, North Metro TV has been a, a great partner and, and certainly, um, you know, great leadership from Heidi, and, and we certainly wish her uh, nothing but the best in, in her retirement, again, from North Metro TV. 37 years at uh, North Metro TV, pretty, pretty outstanding. Any other communications? 
Councilmember Masolia. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Just as the commissioner on the North Metro TV board, I'll just echo that. Um, I've only been uh, on the board for a year, but Heidi's commitment to the city and the community has just been uh, crystal clear. Just everybody talks about how the best part of their day is working with Heidi and what a great manager she is. Um, she led the organization to be almost completely debt-free. I think by the end of 2024, we'll be completely debt-free with all the equipment and the building paid off. Um, and that's in the midst of some pretty tough economic conditions with, you know, cable companies, um, you know, franchise fee declining. So, um, I think Heidi has done just a phenomenal job and just really appreciate her and her commitment to not only the city of Blaine, but the entire North Metro and our surrounding, um, communities as well. So I uh, just want to echo that and thank Heidi for her 35 plus years of service and commitment to you know, serving our communities. It's, it's uh, remarkable. So thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Councilmember Masoli. Any other communications? All right, seeing none, uh, we'll move on to the open forum, which is an opportunity uh, for the public to present an issue or concern to the city council. There is a maximum of 15 minutes set aside for the open forum. Uh, each presentation should be limited to no more than three minutes. If your item needs follow-up from the city, staff will be in contact with you to let you know what is being done regarding your issue. Uh, with that, we want to thank you all uh, for coming here this evening, and uh, at this time I'll open the open forum up. If there's anyone that wishes to speak during open forum, you're welcome to come to the podium at this time. All right. You know, sir, you want to... If, but yeah, that's a great, let me, yeah, let me state this. We have a couple public hearings tonight, yes. uh, 9.1 and 9.2. There will be opportunity to speak on those items. You do not need to use the open forum time to, to speak at the public hearing. Anyone that wishes to speak on agenda item 9.1 or 9.2 will have an opportunity at that time. Great question. All right, so seeing no one rush up here for open forum, uh, we will move on uh, to the approval of the consent agenda. All items listed under the consent agenda are considered to be routine in nature by the city council will be enacted by one motion. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a council member or citizen so requests, in which case that item will be removed from the consent agenda and placed in the normal sequence of the agenda. With that, members of motion, please, on the approval of the consent agenda. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Robertson, second by Councilmember Newland. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of approval of the consent agenda, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. All right, we'll move on to public hearings. Uh, agenda item 9, 9.1 will be the first item in the first public hearing. Uh, we will turn over to our Director of Engineering. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council. The 2024 Northwest Area Street Reconstruction Project consists of Area 1 and Area 2. Area 1 consisting of streets uh, shown on the map here in front of you, but generally uh, around the 115th and Polk Street area. Area 2 generally consisting of streets in the 124th and the Fergus Street area alignments, and you can see them highlighted here in front of you. Um, I wanted to let council know on December 19th, a public open house was held for residents to come in and ask questions concerning the project. And there was approximately 20 residents that uh, attended that meeting. 
The proposed project will generally involve reconstructing the existing roads by removing the existing blacktop or pavement in this case and installing new pavement. It will also include some spot repair of damaged curb and gutter along with some additional storm sewer and minor repairs to the water main in these areas. The estimated cost as found in the feasibility report is approximately $3.2 million with uh, $650,000 of it proposed to be assessed to the benefiting parcels over a 15-year period consistent with the city's uh, assessment policy. The remaining project costs are proposed to be funded uh, are a $1.6 million to the city's pavement management plan funds, $165,000 uh, from the uh, public utility funds, $100,000 from the stormwater utility funds, and approximately 627,000 from the state aid funds. As listed in the report, the project is necessary, cost-effective, and feasible, and will result in a benefit to the properties proposed to be assessed. I did want council to note uh, this uh, cost of this project is uh, slightly over what we had budgeted in our five-year CIP program. Uh, that was listed at 2.8 million, and this is, uh, as, as shown, 3.2 million. Uh, we'll see what those costs come in at once uh, we go out for bid on this, if we move this project forward, and there are some options available to us. But just that uh, if we have to go out for bond for that, we may have to amend what we want to bond for uh, to pay for the city's portion of this project. With that, tonight we're asking council to conduct a public hearing, uh, take comment, and then um, uh, by motion approve the resolution in the packet, which would uh, authorize this project to move forward and uh, declare the engineer to um, prepare the specifications and plans to make said improvements. And with that, I would stand for any comments or questions. Excellent, thank you, Director Schlender. Appreciate that presentation. Uh, we'll do just that. We'll start off with a public hearing. Uh, whoever would like to speak on agenda item 9.1, uh, you're welcome to. We ask that you just uh, keep the length of your comments in mind. Uh, but at this point in time, I will open a public hearing. Anyone that wishes to speak uh, on this, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So at this time, if anyone would like to speak, you're welcome to come on up to the podium on agenda item 9.1. Going once, going twice. All right, we will close the public hearing on agenda item 9.1 and members, I will accept a motion. I'll move it. Moved by council member Masolia. Second. Second by council member Larson. Any questions or discussion? Council member Soroya. Thank you, mayor. Um, uh, my question is about the assessment fees that residents are paying. So am I clear, um, so residents will be paying 35% um, and are we, because my understanding was that as a council, we were talking about um, reducing that amount possibly. This is something I brought up a year ago where the lowest I believe we can go is 20%. So why are we charging residents 35% when we have an option to do 20% and look at other ways to fill the rest? Um, and so my problem with these assessment fees, I've you know, like a broken record here. Um, we're not asking residents if they even want this, right? There's no opt-out option. It's like you have to pay 
anywhere up to $8,000. And a lot of people in my ward do not have that kind of money. You know, when we do this, it has a direct impact on people and their livelihood. And I feel like we lose sight of that as a city. Um, there are people in my ward who are unemployed, who are single mothers, there's veterans, there are people who are struggling financially, and there's no option for them here. Um, and so what we're telling them is pay this or we put a lien on your house. So when you try to sell it, it's going to be really difficult for you to sell it and you're going to have to deal with it then and, and um, have problems later. So I feel like this is absolutely unethical and it's not a real solution. Yes, we need street repairs, but this is not how I want to do this. So I am a no on this. Director Schlender. Uh Mayor, uh, Councilmember Soroya. Uh, consistent with the current assessment policy, uh, yes, 35% is asked to be paid for by the benefiting parcels and the remaining 65% is paid for um, by the city as, as a whole. Um, as you'll recall, we discussed at workshop at length over the last year as to what the assessment policy is, how it's used, uh, and what modifications might be used. Um, there was no consensus that staff received that the percents should be changed. It was discussed, but there was no consensus around that. Um, so, as the policy stands, uh, that is where we are at today. Thank you, Director Schulander. Any other questions? Mayor. Council Member Newland. Thank you, Mayor. For clarification, um, the area is not in Ward 1, which I also represent. This one is in Ward 3, is that correct? And, and two. 2 and 3, yep. Right. Just wanted to make sure that I knew my geography, and I do. Thank you. Any other questions? Seeing and hearing none, uh, Councilmember Masolia renews his motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. That motion prevails. Next item on the agenda is agenda item 9.2. We'll go back to Director Schulander. Thank you. Mayor and Council, this is what we are calling the 2024 Pleasure Creek Area Street Reconstruction. Uh, it generally consists of two areas once again. Area one is Territorial Road, uh, which would be proposed to be reconstructed from University Avenue to Jefferson Street. Area two consists of the streets uh, around Pleasure Creek Parkway and several streets that adjoin or abut that, as shown on the attached figure. Again, just for council's awareness, there was a property owner uh, open house held on this project. Uh, it was well attended. There were 40 residents in attendance. Uh, again, they were able to ask questions regarding the proposed project and impacts and costs on that. The general proposed improvements for Area 1. Uh, this is one of the older streets in town that does not currently have concrete curb and gutter. It has the old bituminous-style curb and gutter. Uh, that bituminous and the curb would get replaced, and new concrete curb would be installed along with new pavement some storm sewer improvements, spot water main repairs. Area two, uh, here we have existing concrete curb. We're proposing to replace the pavement, do some spot curb repair, some spot sidewalk repair, again with storm sewer and uh, some minor water main repairs in this area. The estimated cost for these improvements is approximately $6.6 .6 million, with 1.3 of those proposed to be assessed to the benefiting properties over a 15-year period consistent with the existing uh, assessment policy. 
Replacement of the existing sanitary sewer castings has a cost of approximately 185,000 and replacement of some of the minor gate valve uh, repairs uh, for the water main are approximately 385,000. Both those costs are proposed to be paid for from the city's public utility funds. The remaining 4.7 million is proposed to be paid for through the city's pavement management program funds. Again, uh, consistent with the report, these are uh, necessary, cost-effective, and feasible, and will result in a benefit to the abutting properties. Again, I wanted to point out that these costs are, again, more than what we had uh, shown in our five-year CIP. And again, we will have to um, adjust that as this project moves forward, um, just to make sure we are bonding properly for those costs. Tonight, again, we are asking council to conduct a public hearing and by motion, approve the resolution in your packet, which would um, order the preparations of plans and specs for this project. And with that, I would stand for any questions. Thank you, Director Schwander. We will start by opening the public hearing. So I will order the public hearing on agenda item 9.2. If there's anybody here this evening that wishes to uh, speak on this item, uh, we'll welcome you at this time to the podium. Good evening, sir. Welcome. If you would, please just uh, name an address for the record, please. Uh, yes. Um, thank you, Council. First off, uh, my name is Josh Tyra. I live at 324 Territorial Road. And um, the reason that I am here, I guess, is to just bring up and talk about a little bit the cost burden that this road reconstruction is costing us. I mean, we all pay taxes, right? Uh, I am currently uh, a member of the Madison Elementary School PTO board, and we do a lot of fundraising. And this community I know very well. We are a Title I community. I, I don't know if you guys all understand what that means, but Title I means that over 40%, over 40% of the 500 and some kids that go to Madison Elementary School can't afford lunch, can't afford food. And imposing a burden of 6,861.83 on this community is it it's it's more than you think it is. I mean, um it's a bigger deal. And I I guess what I'm saying is we all pay taxes here in Blaine and and I don't understand when this assessment fee or percentage came into effect and how it happened. I know there's multiple cities that don't have this. I know that I want a new road. I know that we need a new road. I totally understand all of those things, but I just don't feel like it's fully understood the burden of that amount of money in this community. Thank you very much for your comments. Is there anyone else here this evening that wishes to participate in the public hearing on agenda item 9.2? Seeing none at this time, no one's making a mad dash to the podium. I will close the public hearing and uh, members all accept a motion. Move it. Moved by council member Newland, second by council member Fleming. Uh, Director Schulender, I don't know if you want to comment um, on uh, the public hearing testimony, if we want to connect with that resident later. 
Uh, Mayor, I can definitely reach out to uh, the, the resident and, and show him um, what an assessment looks like and how it can be paid off over the, the course of those 15 years. Members, any questions or discussion? Council Member Newland. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, as a Ward 1 representative, the biggest comments that I receive are for maintaining our infrastructure for our roads, our sewers, our water line. It is the number one topic. This, this is an older part of the city, clearly. And to reinvest for the benefit of the residents in the area itself as well as the entire city is a critical portion of what we do. We did spend a fair amount of time last year looking at the cost sharing and the uh, dollar amounts that the city engineer can share with you are a fraction of what the total cost is. Um, the Title I with uh, the free lunches, everyone in the state now gets free lunches. Everyone gets, I, I, I'm not dismissing your concern over the uh, portions of the area. There's portions of the entire city that, portions of the entire state that have um, challenges with uh, with some funding, but this is a, a critical portion of what the the city does, um, and I totally support the uh, the project. Any other questions or discussion? Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. So this is in Ward 1, so I will um, basically repeat myself. Um, I was at that meeting, um, the community open house, where 40 members were in attendance, and this is something I hear from practically every person that attended, the cost is not affordable. And again, I think there is a difference on which um, neighborhood you're speaking about in Ward 1 and which side of the highway and what that affordability looks like. So I wouldn't just assume that um, the 35% assessment fees are affordable by everybody in Blaine. I think that's an unfair assumption. And my concern again is the, with this is that there were, you know, I've asked, are there ways that we can lessen the burden for people that are unemployed, the people that are veterans um, or have some kind of undue hardship? And there really isn't. What I'm finding out is that there isn't really anything that we can do as a city um, for these specific categories where people are unable to pay. Um, really, you know, you end up with a lien on your house and that I don't think is fair. Um, so again, I, you know, without even asking the residents if they wanted this in the first place and how bad their streets are and then putting this on them and then assessing them this, you know, huge amount that they can't afford, it just, it doesn't seem right. Uh, this is not how we as a city should be doing business in our communities. I'm not going to support this as well. Um, so yes, we need to maintain roads, but may, there needs to be another way to do it so we can actually afford it as residents and not put this burden on homeowners and have it impact them and their families. Council Member Fleming. Yes, could you tell us exactly what, <clears throat> if they were to finance it over 15 years, how much is that per month approximately? Uh, Mayor Sanders, Councilmember Fleming, um, just doing some rough math here. It's approximately $38 a month um, is what this would cost. Any other questions? Councilmember Soroya. And I just want to say that that, I know that may seem like a small number, but that, you know, it, we can't, I mean, there are elderly people that are on a fixed income. I think, you know, it's, I mean, to be very honest, it's really disheartening to me that we have people that live in the lakes that have unlimited budgets making these decisions for people that are struggling financially. That is not fair. 
Any other questions or comments? Councilmember Newland. We'll push back on that. These are not people in the lakes making decisions. These are people here at this uh, podium, at this dias, dias that are making decisions. We are all put here by the election that we were granted the opportunity to be here. So um, to to segment the city is not not uh, helpful in any way, shape, or form. The um, the dollars that are put forward, we just went through the budget cycle. Uh, we can take the total expenditures for all infrastructure improvements in the city, and we can increase the budget in 2024, 2025, I'm sorry, by that amount, and we can look at that percentage if we wish, then we will not uh, specifically burden a specific area, we will burden the entire city. And that's something that after having spoken about that as an option last year, we opted not to do. So there are decisions that we are making that we are here and obligated to make. So I, I support this project and I support other uh, similar projects because the city needs to be current with all of our infrastructure. Director Schlewinder, do you want to briefly walk through the assessment policy and our constrictions with state statute around that? Uh, yes, Mayor. So Chapter 429 in the state statute allows a municipality to assess a benefiting parcel for uh, the amount of increase in value to the benefited parcel. So we are not able to assess any value to any parcel. It actually has to show benefit to that parcel. So we are guided by that through the statute. With a street project such as this and our policy, we are not assessing 100% because the policy asks us to split that in 65% to the city, 35% to the resident. Those vary among different cities. Uh, I know there's been long discussion over the last uh, several councils and including this one as to what that assessment percentage cost share should be. Um, there's no right or wrong answer other than you can't assess more than the benefit to that, to that parcel. Um, and if you're going to, there is a, a floor on it as well and 20% of the project cost has to be assessed in order to go through this process and allow yourself to bond for costs and the like. Um, and so 35% is what was landed on here. That's what the city has uh, moved us forward on and in this process. And then the, the statute also calls out uh, the procedure as to how we get there uh, with the public hearings that we're holding tonight uh, the feasibility report that was ordered prior to this that was submitted uh, for council review. And then um, there's still another step in the process here. If, if uh, a project is moved forward, plans and specifications are created, the project is placed out for bid, and then it comes before council one more time to award that project or not. Um, and then once that is done, all the costs are uh, accumulated and uh, formulated through this uh, assessment uh, and then the assessment is levied towards these benefiting parcels. And then Director Schlender as well, the amount needs to be uniform and equal across the city so we can't pick, pick amounts for one project versus another project that's got to be a city policy that's uniform throughout the city, correct? Uh, Mayor, that is correct. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, 
Councilmember Larson. Hi. A lot of it was uh, addressed recently here with um, with Dan and and um, and also with Councilmember Newland. Uh, some of the thoughts that I had, but. I remember when this was mentioned, uh, and I'm the newest member to council, so I remember asking, well, what do other cities do? What What is a comparable? And I remember the answer was that there wasn't really a comparable, that there's not really a guideline, but all cities do very different things. But cities that have a lower amount than the rest of the city is taxed. To make up for that, it has to come from somewhere. And we did just increase our levy this last year uh, by a... A somewhat larger amount, and if we weren't doing the 35% ratio that we are doing, then that would have been higher because everyone would have been having to pay for what some are benefiting from with new roads in certain areas of the city. So all of that was taken into account when we were agreeing on the previous 35% that had been. Thank you. Any other questions? Seeing and hearing none, Councilmember Newland will renew his motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. That motion prevails. Next section of the agenda is 10, development business. And the first item up is 10.1, and we'll go to Director Thorvig. Thank you, Mayor Sanders and Council. This is a conditional use permit application for the property at 1250 126th Avenue, and it's in Suite 400. And the applicant is requesting a conditional use permit to operate an indoor playground of approximately 3,000 square feet. Uh, you can see here on the air photo, the property is zone B2, which is a commercial designation. Uh, you have other commercial uses to the east, and you have single-family homes to the north and the west. And then on the south side of the property, uh, you have 125th Avenue and commercial uses to the south of that. Uh, there are several existing tenants in this building. Um, as you can see on that list, I won't go through all of them. Uh, this property may look familiar because it did receive a conditional use permit application earlier this year for an event center. Uh, so we have the same business owner, but they've shifted uh, business plans going away from the event center use to this indoor playground use and as an intended for children uh, under the age of 10. It's intended to be a year-round interactive space, again, focusing on kids ages 1 through 10, and you can see some example photos on the bottom, and the hours of operation really 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. during the week, and then 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on the weekdays or weekends, and then likely closed a day or two during the week as well. Uh, if you recall, one of the major concerns that the council wrestled with at the time that the event center went through was the parking availability on the site. And this use actually does require less parking than what was uh, required for that event center. Uh, on the uh, table on the left-hand side, you can see the total required amount of stalls based on the uses that are in that building. And 58 stalls are required, and I highlighted the proposed use with the required stalls of 10. Uh, the event center use that was approved earlier this year required 25 stalls. So there's 15 less stalls that are required with this use. Uh, there are 73 total on site, so there are significant or sufficient stalls to be able to support not only the proposed business, but also the existing businesses that are in that center. Uh, another thing to note, there was a, a restaurant that was in that space prior, and they have since moved, and I think that's alleviated a lot of the parking concerns that occur at that center. 
Um, they're operating a different style of restaurant, but the parking demand is a lot less based on uh, observations I have of, of that center. So uh, the parking concerns that were brought up earlier this year with that event center use uh, effectively go away, and the proposed uses in that building uh, actually are 15 stalls less than what is provided on that property. Uh, the Planning Commission did hold a public hearing for this item on December 12th with notice. There were no public comments received, and the Planning Commission recommended approval with the five conditions that are in the staff report. And we do have the applicant here if the council has any questions about the business operation. And the uh, request before you this evening, again, is to approve that motion with those five conditions. Uh, with that said, as a reminder, the council can always add additional conditions if you so choose. Um, to the resolution that's in the packet. So that, Mr. Mayor, I'll open it up for any questions. Excellent, thank you for the presentation. Director Thorvig, members in motion, please. Move it. Second. Moved by Councilmember Newland, second by Councilmember Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Councilmember Fleming. Thank you, Mayor. Um, so I had the privilege of meeting Michelle Rice when she first brought um, her first idea to council, and it's been a pleasure getting to know her. Um, I just wanna comment Michelle, like this has been a long and arduous process for you, and I commend you for hanging in there and trying to find something work to work here. Um, I think it's going to be a great success. I remember when I my kids were young, um, I had to go to Ham Lake and somewhere for them to burn off energy. So I love your idea, and thank you for continuing to bless Blaine with your innovative ideas. And uh, I I hope it's very successful. Any other questions or comments? Councilmember Masolia. Yeah, I'll just echo those comments. Um, I think this is a, an awesome concept. Super excited for it to go in. And um, I do have young kids, so I'm excited to use it as well. But um, I think it's a great fit for the, for the space. And I uh, just want to echo Councilmember Fleming's comments to the applicant. Um, thank you for persevering and continuing to choose Blaine. Any other questions or comments? Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. I also, I agree. I really like this project. I think it's a great business model. Um, I have a couple of questions. I'm wondering um, if there will be birthday parties. You know, it's a, so places like this um, typically allow for birthday parties. And then would that be then considered an event? Because um, my understanding was this was initially an event center. Um, and then my second question is, um, I'm wondering why um, this was shifted away from an event center to an indoor playground. What was the reasoning behind that? Thank you. All right. Well, I think the applicants are the only one that can answer those. We'll welcome uh, Ms. Rice up to the podium. Good evening and welcome. Good evening. Um, so we shifted away from the event center because once we went through the eight additional parking spaces, um, in order to get the appropriate drainage, it was $78,000. So $32,000 to, you know, move a drain, so all of that. So after we were, you know, six, $7,000 into getting everyone to make sure that there wasn't going to be any issues when we started that, um, that's obviously way too much money for eight parking spaces. So at the end of the day, you're going to quit kicking the can down the road, and you have to come up with a new idea. Um, back in that small room um, that we had back there, uh, like that was kind of like the bridal area do pictures or something like that like that room can be used for events you know you can fit about 15 people back there so people could bring their kids in and do a little birthday party or something like that in the space as well so 
Does that answer your question? Councilmember Soroya. Yes, thank you. Um, just a follow-up question. So I understand this has been just a really um, big challenge for you in terms of dealing with this. Um, I'm just curious, and if you're not comfortable sharing, I totally respect that. Um, just, I'm just wondering how much money have, has your business lost um, in terms of trying to make these accommodations and trying to please the city and with this parking and all these issues. Because I remember you, when you first came, it was during wedding season. Sure. Um, and so I assume that there were weddings that had to be canceled and moved. Um, and I can't imagine the amount of stress and just, you know, hassle that this has caused you. And I feel horrible that we put any blame business through that. That is not something that I want to do as a council member here. Um, so, I, if, so if you're not comfortable sharing, I'm totally fine with that. But I just want to put that out there that I do recognize that there must have been a financial loss to your business and as well as, you know, additional stress and other hardships. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm not comfortable sharing that number. Um, you know, we did buy a business from someone else and we picked up events and stuff that they had so there's definitely been obviously an impact to you know what we've been doing and trying to make it work but I think at the end of the day um, you still look at something and say you can only kick the can down the road for so long like we've opened three more businesses since we started kind of like working on this project right so um, this just wasn't the right place for this I am excited about you know what we're going to do right now this is a void in our community we don't have this here, so if you, you know, want to take your small kids, I don't have small, well, I have grandchildren now, but um, I'm getting old. Um, but, you know, you have to drive to Maple Grove or you have to, you know, like Ham Lake doesn't even offer any of those things anymore. So you do have to go to other communities to get something like this now. So I'm very excited about what we can offer. There's a lot of young families um, here in Blaine, so... I think we're going to be in a very, you know, affordable um, space for them to be able to do that. And we're just looking forward at this point. So, Excellent. Thank Anything you, else? Michelle. Yeah, okay. appreciate Thank that. You. Best wishes. Any other questions or comments? Seeing and hearing none, Councilmember Newland renews his motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Move along to administration. And first up is agenda item 11.1, and we'll go to our director of engineering, Director Schluwender. Uh, thank you. Mayor and Council, as you'll recall, several months ago, the PCA reached out to the city uh, as they are monitoring the water around uh, the Johnson Brother landfill over on Loch Ness Park. Uh, they did reach out to the staff and uh, identified two property owners along here who's whose water has uh, reached some limits where they need to abandon their wells and connect to city's municipal water system. Uh, by chance, we do have a water main that runs down National Street from a project several years ago. And so the PCA likes to work with the local government and have them uh, prepare a plan and construct the improvements and then get reimbursed through a grant with the PCA. Uh, we currently have a grant agreement in place with the PCA between the city and, and us and them. And so as such, we did prepare plans and we put them out for bid. Uh, we did receive bids on December 21st, and there was a total of three bids that we received, ranging from approximately $77,000 to $137,000. Uh, you can see in your packet that those bids are listed along with the engineer's estimate. 
We have confirmed this with uh, the PCA and they have no issues with the dollar amounts shown on this. Uh, we have tabulated these and they are all correct. And it has been determined that Lebanon Underground LLC of Kimball, Minnesota is the lowest quote. Uh, staff is requesting uh, an additional 10% contingency on top of that to bring the total project cost to approximately 85,000. And again, as I stated, uh, the PCA is aware of these numbers as well and had no objections to those uh, based on our grant agreement. So tonight we're asking council by motion to approve the resolution in your packet, which would authorize the mayor and city manager to enter into a contract with Lebanon Underground LLC and asking council for a 10% contingency to bring the total project budget to $85,000. And with that, I would stand for any questions. Excellent, thank you, Director Schlender. Members of motion, please. Moved by Councilmember Robertson, second by Councilmember Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Councilmember Newland. Thank you, Mayor. One question, Dan, would be what is the time frame for when the connect, uh, connection will take place, assuming that this passes here in a minute? Uh, will it happen, I, I suppose, as soon as possible? But what, what's realistic? What would you envision? Uh, Mayor Sanders, Councilmember Newland, we actually have in the specifications that this needs to be done by the end of February. Uh, it's uh, imminent. We need to get it done as soon as possible. So we did put a time certain uh, in the specification. I appreciate that and thank you. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, Councilmember Robertson renews her motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Next up is 11 2. We'll go back to uh, Director Schlender. Uh, thank you, Mayor. This is a companion item to one of the public hearing um, that we just had concerning uh, the Pleasure Creek Area Street construction project. Uh, here we are looking to have a final design and construction contract uh, performed for the design of this project. And we have asked uh, Short Elliott Hendrickson to provide us those numbers and they have done such. Um, the engineering department has reviewed their report their proposal with those final costs and SEH is proposing to uh, provide those professional services for uh, $527,000. These are in, uh, they're justified and they're reasonable. They're consistent with what we're seeing in the industry. Uh, SEH is uh, one of the approved engineers in our consultant pool. Uh, we are asking council to consider that uh, contract award and uh, also a 10% contingency, which would bring that design budget package to approximately $580,000. So tonight we're asking council by motion to uh, authorize the mayor and city manager to enter into a contract with Short Elliott Hendrickson for those professional services in the amount of $527,000 with a 10% contingency. And with that, I would stand for questions. Thank you for that presentation, Director Schlender. Members in motion, please. Move it. Moved by council member Newland. Second. Second by council member Solia. Any questions or discussion? <clears throat> Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Next up, Director Schlender. Thank you, Mayor. I believe this is my last item this evening. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, this past year, we had asked a consultant firm, Boltland Bank, to prepare a roundabout design at Ulysses and 117th Avenue. And as the design is advanced here, 
we have identified additional right-of-way that is needed to uh, install the roundabout at this intersection. Uh, with that, we'd had appraisals done on the three parcels involved. Uh, we brought one to you uh, a couple weeks ago for the uh, northwest quadrant. This would be the northeast quadrant where the quick trip stands. It's a very small corner, uh, but it was appraised out at $900, and that's what we negotiated with uh, quick trip. So we are asking council here tonight by motion to authorize the mayor and city manager to approve the acquiring of this easement in the amount of $900 uh, for uh, right-of-way acquisition for 117th Avenue roundabout. And with that, I would stand for any questions. Excellent, thank you, Director Schwender. Members, a motion please on 11-3. Move it. Second. Moved by Council Member Newland, second by or Council Member Masolia. Any questions or discussion? Council Member Masolia. I just had a brief question for uh, Engineer Schulander. I know a gentleman came to the open forum a couple weeks ago, and I thought he made an interesting point about do roundabouts hinder response times? Obviously, they you know, are way safer than a traditional intersection because they eliminate that T-bone crash and... You know, when you're going around the roundabout, you know, it saves a lot of lives just from traffic accidents. Um, but in terms of response time with the fire station being there, I thought that was an interesting point, And I was wondering um, if there was a response or follow-up to that. Yeah. Mayor Sanders, Councilmember Masolia, uh, I am in the midst of preparing that, and you will all get a copy of it tomorrow. But I'll give you a brief summary of that if it's all right. So with every intersection control type, there is some delay experienced by any emergency vehicle. Uh, the, the existing intersection is a four-way stop sign. Um, PD is not allowed to just blast through that. Uh, they have to slow down uh, for that type of intersection. A roundabout, similar thing. It's not a free flow condition, but uh, it's also safer for the traveling public that use it the rest of the time. A signal system also affords a, a slowdown. Um, the EVP system obviously helps it turn green and it allows them to go through safer, but they're also supposed to slow down technically to get through those intersections. So each intersection provides some time to get through it. Each control type uh, differs. I'm sure it's seconds one way or the other. There's no official study that I've found that, that shows uh, a roundabout is less efficient for uh, emergency vehicles to get through and, and the like. So I'll be sending you that. I know he had uh, made comment to the Fridley uh, campus down uh, in uh, on University at, I think it's 69th and University Service Road. There's a roundabout there. Uh, I'd invite you to go do an aerial look at that. Um, they're going to slow down regardless if that roundabout's there or not. There's a 90-degree turn for them to get on there. And, Chief, you may uh, be able to expand on, mm -hmm. on uh, progress through an intersection type as well. Thank you. Chief Padani. Yeah, thank you, Mayor, members of the council, and Director Schlender. I actually reached out to the resident as well. And uh, um, I think anecdotally, you know, there may be a, it's, the difference is nominal. Um, it's not uncommon, particularly for us, more so than fire, to overdrive preemption devices, signal preemption devices. Um, there's a delay in sometimes changing or wherever you're coming from. Um, personally, and from a safety standpoint, I'm a fan of roundabouts because they make you focus on what you're doing. 
And, you know, I think every day the distracted driving that's out there is more and more prevalent. And roundabouts, so they reduce, certainly there's reduced conflict, but the decreased number of incidents and crashes that tend to occur at roundabouts versus signalized intersections, in my mind, outweigh. I appreciated his concerns, and like I said, so I did reach out to him, and it was well thought out. Um, and much like Director Schlender, I don't have any hardcore data, but I can tell you anecdotally what we see is because it is more deliberate driving, you have to be in tune with what you're doing and there's reduced conflict points. They tend to be fewer, those fewer crashes tend to outweigh the, the few seconds that it may take us to get through a roundabout. So, and same with fire as well, particularly given the proximity to station three, so. Okay. Thank you both. Thank you. Uh, any other questions or comments? All right, seeing and hearing none, Councilmember Newland renews his motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Moving along to agenda item 11.4. This time we'll throw things over to our recreation manager. Welcome, happy new year. Happy New Year, Mayor Sanders, members of the council. Uh, 11, 4, 11, 5, and 11, 6 are pretty similar across all three of them. So uh, I'll give you a brief overview. Each year in the, in the parks, uh, uh, CIP in the parks and trails budget, we try to replace three to four uh, park uh, playground equipment uh, a year. Uh, we have 67 parks. The three that we're talking about tonight are 19 to 20 years old. Uh, playground equipment, just so everybody knows, is only warranted up to 15 years. Anything after 15, if anything breaks, uh, then we have to pay to re replace that. Nothing is under warranty anymore. Um, in all three of these parks, we are doing cost savings. We started doing it last year. Our public works department comes in and takes out the old equipment. And last year, we started a program where I came right away in January. one of the first cities to get all of our equipment in. So it's great for the residents and for the families because then they get to use the equipment all year long instead of waiting until the fall and getting in line with everybody else to get stuff done. So the first park is Colony Preserve. Uh, Colony Preserve is over off of Fillmore in 100th, a uh, pretty small park. Uh, in your packet was a picture basically of all the equipment and everything else. Uh, all, all three of these parks, we brought everything to the workshop back in September, September 25th, and uh, council was on board to uh, uh, move on with everything. And then also our finance department brought forward on December 18th all of our uh, capital improvement uh, programs. Um, so uh, this was approved basically in December 18th for $60,000. Uh, we do all of this under our state contract. So with our state contract, we do get a, a cost savings on all of the equipment, not on the installation, but on the equipment. And our equipment's from Landscape Structures out of Delano, which I know that some of you have been able to attend and see some of the stuff. And we've had repre repre representatives from Landscape Structure who does all of our installation come in and talk about uh, our equipment. So uh, with that, um, the for 
the cost of the 60,000, uh, 39,530 is the equipment, 19,591 is the installation for a total of 59,121. We also did save some money on this. This is a brand new piece of equipment from Landscape Structures, and they uh, basically showed it at a show this, uh, this summer and uh, gave us an additional discount. That's why you see a little bit higher number there. But uh, Park Board looked at this back in April um, to see if we were interested. The Park Board's been really involved with uh, all of our uh, with all of our parks, and we've been very uh, uh, on, on board and uh, intentional on putting in different equipment and not the same cookie-cutter stuff in each of the parks. So you'll see uh, on this one, this being a smaller park, we talked about it before that some of our older parks still have the old plastic play structures, and we're trying to get rid of that, not only uh, because it's breaking, but also it's, it's a maintenance nightmare, especially for our lawnmowers and for also trimming. So with this park, we would be adding concrete uh, curb to it, um, but with all that and looking at this, uh, we're asking for a uh, uh, the council to accept the quote tonight from both landscape structures and for uh, flagship uh, not to exceed $60,000 on this park. With that, I'll open it for questions. Excellent. Thank you, Jerome. Members, a motion, please, on 11 4. Moved by Councilmember Robertson, second by Councilmember Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Councilmember Larson. Thank you, Jerome. Uh, one thing I love is that all of our parks are different. Like you've said, all of our parks are different. Um, all 67 of them are very different from one another, which is so fun for the kids. So way to go on another unique design. Thank you. Councilmember Soroya. Yeah, I'll just echo that. Um, I think all of the playground equipment that you've selected looks really great. I'm really I'm grateful for all the work and thought that you've put into it. It's very clear that this is not just something that was easy to do. You've put a lot of time and effort and thought into this. Um, so I think the residents will really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Jerome, 11-5. All right, moving on to the uh, Lakeside uh, Park. Lakeside is not the beach, just so you know. We do have Lakeside Commons, which is the beach. Lakeside is over in the Club West uh, development. Uh, Lakeside overlooks uh, basically kind of the pond area or whatever right there. Um, this is the oldest one. This is the 20-year-old uh, park. Uh, this one is a, if you look at your, all your attachments and everything, this is a circular uh, structure, so there's already concrete in place, so we do not have to pay any additional for concrete. What we wanted to do here is we wanted to go upward in the air a little bit and do something different, so we did do that. And if you look at the, the kids on the right-hand side, um, there, are, there are some uh, uh, children that live in this in this community that do have some special needs. So we did put in some sensory uh, equipment also in this, in this park. We, don't, we didn't have a lot of sensory stuff, so we're working with flagship and, and with landscape structure. We looked at uh, doing some sensory uh, things in here. So with that, uh, the equipment is 75823 had a budget of 95000 that was approved, and uh, 19177 uh, for a total of $95,000. 95, uh, this one was up, uh, uh, recommended by the Park Board back in October. And uh, with that, we're asking for the council to, uh, to uh, make a motion to approve this park not to exceed $95,000. With that, I'll open it for questions. Thank you, Jerome. And I appreciate, again, the work of you and your staff. I noticed in the last imagery, too, the adaptive 
uh, aspects of the previous one in, in adaptive and sensory, um, you know, uh, capabilities with this playground. And I know that you are working through that now for all of our parks, which I think is is so great and will mean a lot to a lot of families. So really appreciate the effort of you and your team. With that, members, a motion, please, on 11-5. Move it. Moved by Council Member Newland, second by Council Member Robertson. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Thank you, Mayor Sanders, members of the council. The last park is West Lake Park. Um, all three of the uh, the lakes parks, West Lake, South Lake, East Lake, are all going to be coming through in the next few years or whatever. But West Lake is one of our heavily used parks. We do uh, do our summer program out there. Playnet is pretty popular out there. Um, so both sets of equipment, the the five through twelve and the under five, are are very heavily used. Uh, when we brought this back to the park board, we looked at a couple different options. We did make some changes, and we actually brought it back twice in October and November. Uh, we had $120,000 earmarked for this park. Um, with that, uh, $91,019 for the equipment, $28,981 for the installation. Uh, one thing that we did go through this and look at it, when the two different uh, variations came, we noticed that the color was similar to one of the colors we already had. So we did change this. This is actually, uh, it's called slate. It's like a lighter purple. It has some gold in it, um, uh, but it's, it's, it's a really cool uh, colors that we saw actually on our tour. Um, this one will have, it will be another park that will have a zip line, um, but uh, also the play structure is already in place. It is concrete already, so didn't have to spend the money on any other uh, infrastructure as well uh, on that, just on the equipment. So with that, uh, looking for a motion to accept Westlake Park, uh, not to exceed $120,000. And with that, I'll open it for questions. Thank you, Jerome. Appreciate the presentation on all three of those. Members, a motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Larson, second by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of the motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that concludes the items on the agenda. Uh, on to other business. Is there any other business? Councilmember Masolia. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, as it's our first meeting of the year, we went over some of the organizational business, and I know that the rules of order and procedure was a bit contentious uh, when we adopted it in October, <clears throat> but um, I know that we also last year adopted the Council Code of Conduct, and um, I would like to bring that forward for workshop. I have some um, proposals for the code of conduct and also uh, I, I've seen some other cities that have tied their code of conduct in with the rules of order and procedure and I think that it would help us uh, just run more uh, effective meet meetings for our city um, and I think that it's something that we should do this year um, so I would request, um, you know, just su support on this. I, my motion would be to bring forward the council code of conduct and the rules uh, of order and procedure to a workshop either in January or February. And I know that we, we plan out our workshops, and, you know, I know staff has a lot on their plate. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate everything you guys do to try to fit everything in, um, but I do think that this is really important for this year. Um, so that would be my motion. 
All right, thank you. Councilmember Masoli has made a motion. Is there a second to send this to workshop? Uh, I'll second. Mr. Mayor, I just, yep. as a point yep. of order, just the way that the rules of procedure work, it's not, in order to put something on the agenda and through this process, and I know it's a new process, and I think this is the first time that we've gone through it, um, it's, not a, it's not a motion. Um, it just needs consensus first of two councils. Yep. So he's made a request if another council member were to, based on the way that you guys have adopted these rules of mm -hmm. procedure, if another council member were to consent to it, then it would be something that would be brought to workshop. But it's not a motion. There's no vote. It's just two, mem two members consenting, and then it will be put on the schedule uh, via our city manager. Yep, correct. So just looking for a second on that second consent. I'll second. Council Member Fleming. Excellent. All right, thank you. Uh, we do have an EDA meeting uh, following this, so after we adjourn, we'll give it just a moment to uh, let the uh, tapes flip over. Uh, but with that, I'll be open to a motion to adjourn. Move it. Moved by Council Member Robertson, second by Council Member Newland. All those in favor of adjournment, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. We are adjourned. All right, we're going to call this EDA meeting of January 3rd, 2024 to order, and the clerk will take the roll. Commissioner Fleming? Here. Larson? Here. Masolia? Here. Newland? Here. Robertson? Here. Soria? Here. President Sanders? Here. All right. Uh, first thing up is approval of the minutes from our December 18th, 2023 uh, EDA meeting. Uh, members, can I have a motion? Move it. Moved by Council Member Newland, second by Commissioner Robertson. Any questions or discussion of those minutes? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of approval of the minutes, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. All right. New business before the EDA this evening. Agenda item 4.1, and we'll turn things over to Elizabeth. Welcome. Thank you, President Sanders and commissioners. Um, just a brief presentation this evening on our home improvement and homeownership programs, and I'll review um, sort of what we experienced over the last year and then a few minor changes. Um, so over, I have the 2022 and 2023 participation numbers on the screen. Um, we had the same number of general home improvement loans as we did last year. It was just a flip between um, the funding source, whether it was city money or state money, um, which that fluctuates from year to year depending on interest rates. Um, we had two deferred home improvement loans. So those are loans for special purposes where they don't have to make payments and they're deferred until the home is sold. Uh, we saw a lot of increase in interest in our down payment assistance program with 15 um, of those loans closing and those are deferred loans as well so they're prepaid when the home is sold um, and then we saw an increase in our grant program participation from 28 households successfully completing the program to 36 and then we continue to have success with our remodeling advisor service which provides um, advice from a contractor um, to homeowners as far as how to go about improving their older home um, at no cost to the resident uh, just to show you um, why we have these programs, I have a few different before and after pictures. Uh, this pr uh, home did some pretty extensive landscaping improvements. Uh, the home had been, they had recently purchased the home and it had been neglected quite substantially um, and now have a uh, much more aesthetically pleasing lawn. And then um, our uh, community outreach division of our police department also identified that this was a substantial improvement as far as crime prevention through environmental design. And next we have a uh, project where they uh, maintain sort of the structure of this uh, 70s split level, um, but made it uh, much more maintenance-free and uh, more modern color palette. And then one last home where they took their, in order 
to um, make their detached garage more functional. They built a breezeway slash mudroom um, between it, which also um, provided a nice uh, change in the facade. The proposed changes to the loan program are uh, to add language to our accessibility loan program, prohibiting the funds to be used on work that's already started. This language already exists for our other loan programs. It just wasn't included in that program, um, so we want to clean that up. And then our down payment assistance program has income limits of 110% of area median income, and then it also has a limit on the purchase price of the home, which is currently $350,000. And staff is proposing to raise that to $375,000 to match the current median sale price in Blaine. Um, we've had a few prospective home buyers uh, reach out asking um, whether there was flexibility on that, and given that median value has risen over the past two years, it, it's appropriate to raise that at this time. And then the grant program changes are very, um, are also really housekeeping changes. The first is to clarify that each grant program can only be used once on a property. Um, this was the intention of the original program, but it wasn't necessarily written very clearly in the program um, uh, rules. And staff would recommend that if after this five-year pilot program expires, um, the, uh, the EDA is interested in continuing, then we could consider whether we want to allow repeat participation after a certain number of years. Um, and then there's just clarification on some of the eligible projects as to what is actually required, whether it's replacement of something existing or constructing something that doesn't exist at this time. Um, so with that, staff does recommend approving the resolution, um, which would approve the program terms that are attached to your reports. Be happy to answer any questions. Excellent, thank you, Elizabeth. Really appreciate the presentation. Seeing some of those, some of those transformations were incredible. Man, that's very, very cool to see those dollars really benefiting uh, the community that way. Um, members, a motion, please, on that resolution. I'll move it. Moved by Commissioner Robertson. Second. Second by Commissioner Newland. Any other questions or discussion? Mayor. Commissioner Newland. President Sanders, I should say. I apologize for that again. <laughs> uh, just one comment. Uh, National Night Out uh, last year, Elizabeth showed up at one of our block parties and did a phenomenal job of explaining the, the grant program at that point to the residents that were there. And, and I was impressed with the fact that she showed up and that she did such a good job of it. Not that I'm surprised, I was just impressed with that. So continuing that trend and sharing that type of information with residents is fantastic because I think the results, as President Sanders said, do speak for themselves, and I think it's a great program. So thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Commissioner Newland. Any other questions or comments on the grant loan program? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Director Thorvig. Yeah, since uh, Elizabeth is here, I know I put this in the council update, but uh, maybe I'll let her speak on the grant that this, the EDA and the city received that uh, this board acted on. But Elizabeth knows more about it, so I'll hand it over to her so she can update the, the EDA. Yes, please do. Yeah, uh, President Sanders, uh, earlier this year, the EDA authorized um, submission of an application to the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency for their, their Home Ownership Impact Fund, um, and we submitted a request for $360,000 for improvements to manufactured homes in the city of Blaine, and we were awarded $357,000 uh, to be used for that purpose. Um, so the funds will be provided as a deferred forgivable loan, um, so they can't just sell the house right away. Um, but the intent is that all of the loans would be forgiven. Um, and we are 
working on coming to a contract with Minnesota Housing and then um, working on building an outreach program um, to reach out to the residents that would be able to use the program. Excellent. That is fantastic news. Excellent. Commissioner Larson. Thank you. I have a question. So if more people apply, because it sounds like a lot of money, um, but what if you have more people than, than the money allows? Uh, President Sanders, Commissioner Larson, um, we are planning to promote the program one month before we start accepting applications so that everyone sort of has more equal footing as far as when they get their application in. It's not just who saw it first. Um, and then it will be done on a first-come, first-served basis. Um, however, we can apply for the grant pr program again. Um, there are a lot of repeat um, recipients. Um, so we, if we do end up having a lot of interest, then we'll be able to do that. And, and staff is also looking at um, some other ways to fund similar improvements. Um, to these homes since we have identified it as such a strong need. So this is in some ways a pilot to see if we do have this demand, but we should be able to um, have the repairs to about 40 homes um, based on the funds that were contributed, we think, 40 to 60. Excellent. That's great news. Director Thorbig, anything else? No? All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Great work. Great work on this program. Uh, with that, commissioners, I'll accept a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor of the motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. The EDA is adjourned.